Hello and welcome to Penuel Podcast. Today, Mike reflects on four qualities of God found in Psalm 145. I wonder what you think about God. The Bible, of course, is full of description about God, but I want to look at four descriptions we find in Psalm 145. I think these will be helpful, but also memorable, because each description starts with the letter G. Verse 3 says this, Great is the Lord, and so we learn that God is great. Now such a word is overused in our modern culture. We say everything we enjoy is great, don't we? But the psalmist tells us something more about God's greatness. In the same verse, verse 3, we're also told that his greatness is unsearchable. There's no end to the extent of God's greatness. He is great in knowledge. He knows everything, utterly everything. He is great in presence. You cannot escape God's presence. He watches all. He is great in power. He is able to do anything he pleases. The next idea about God we get is that he is glorious. In verse 5, we hear the psalmist referring to the Lord God with these words. We can see God's greatness in creation. From the stars in the night sky to the atoms that we're all made of, from all the variety of creatures in the world to mankind himself, God is truly great. We can sum this word up, great, by saying that God is infinite. I will meditate on the glorious splendour of your majesty. Glory is a difficult thing to grasp. Essentially it means bright and dazzling. Something that glistens and radiates is glorious. God is elsewhere described in the Bible as light and as a consuming fire. Now up to this point we ought to get the idea that God is truly awesome and one who demands great respect or fear. Such a being is beyond our imagination, more radiant than the sun, dazzling in power and presence, knowing all and without limit, and yet we do not see him. How can this be? Well, I hope you would agree that if we did see him in all his infinite glory and power, we would be utterly distraught and cast down because of the immensity of his being. What makes this idea even more powerful is the fact that we have sinned against such a person. If we were to see him as he is, we would be consumed in an instant. And so God has veiled himself from our sight to protect us. This leads to a third description of his being. In verse 9 we discover that the Lord is good to all. So the Lord is good. He is great, he is glorious, but he is also good. This is wonderful and not a little scary too. Goodness has two essential ingredients. If something is good, it is substantial, it has weight. It isn't flimsy or vacuous. A good bookshop has a wide range of good books, including those you might want to buy. But then the concept of goodness also includes the idea of satisfaction. We might say, for example, that we've had a really good meal, by which we mean we are fully satisfied. And so God is good. He is weighty and substantial. And what is more, he is satisfying. Now, of course, this notion of good must be set against the idea of evil. Evil is flimsy and vacuous and without weight or substance. The last description of God comes in verse 8, and it is truly wonderful. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. 
Now here we reach the hub of things. All of us are sinful and will be consumed utterly by the great, glorious and good God if we were to meet him. And yet God has found a way to be merciful and gracious to us. Grace is undeserved favour. Mercy is the withholding of due punishment. The only way that God can be gracious and merciful to us is through the death of Christ who paid for sin in full and provided the righteousness we could never achieve. In his death on the cross and his rising again, we see the great, good and glorious God being gracious. God so loved the world that he gave us his only son in sacrifice. God demonstrated his love to us that whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What a wonderful love. What a great, glorious, good and gracious God. The Lord bless you. <laughs>